streaming now at kdow.biz and radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. It's been a good year, even though it's been COVID. A lot of people are waiting for the year to end. You don't have to wait much longer. It's December already. Where did the year go? Have you maxed out your 401k? Have you started looking at ways you can save money tax-wise at the end of the year? Whether it be a contribution to an IRA, a maxing out of the 401k, HSA savings, um, are you finding as many opportunities as you can? Yeah. And if you have an accountant, now's a good time to talk to them before December 31st, when you can still make changes to your tax consequences for 2020. Going in to that year of 2021, Costco's going to sell meatballs in a new deal. Are they meatballs made out of cow? No, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are they meatballs made out of dog or cat? No, 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 no. It's Beyond Meatballs. That's probably good for Beyond Meatballs. No. Uh, Beyond Meat selling meatballs at Costco in big old containers, even though we kind of look at Costco as a place where, I'm not going to say this totally true, but a lot of people buy bulk items and then they store them in freezers for a long period of time. Therefore, making the Beyond Meatballs a little less likely to be consumed immediately and replaced. But mm, it's still a good problem to have. 24 count of the meatballs are coming in at $9.99. Seems to me that that might be the best way to buy Beyond Meat and just thaw them out and chop them up and make them into hamburger for whatever you want to make. Because that seems to be fairly cheap. You buy that package of meatballs at Safeway, it's going to be 8 bucks. You buy it at Costco, it's going to be six ninety nine or seven ninety nine. <laughs> um, that's what Costco does, bulk. Good for them. Uh, I think that's a nice story. I don't think that's the story of the day in any way, shape, or form. The story of the day, maybe jobless claims, unexpectedly dip. Stocks are holding near records as the market opens. As his jobless claims topped expectations, they declined for the first time in three weeks despite a spike in COVID. I've been short-term on a weekly basis wrong. I've been saying, hey, with all these spikes in COVID that we've heard about going into Thanksgiving, and the numbers today are horrendously bad, 
More than 2,800 COVID-19 deaths were reported in the United States yesterday. That's the largest the country's ever reported in a single day. I would have thought more people would be getting laid off from the restaurant industry as the cities are starting to shut down again. With more threat of shutdown versus less versus the opportunity of opening up. We're not talking reopening right now. We're talking shutting down for December and January or something like that. One day, death tolls can draw from delayed reports across several states. Number of COVID-19 patients in the United States hospitals now over 100,226 in America. That's That's two football stadiums. Of how many people are in the hospital right now with COVID, including my mother. She's one of the 100,226. 100, so it would be 100,225 without my mom. Uh, by this time next week, we're going to be talking about 3,000 deaths a day. Okay. And yet, the jobless numbers aren't really – we're kind of being resilient. That's a big word, a big SAT type of word, right? It's a word that you want to see on Wall Street, resilient, tenacious, loyalty. Those are some of the biggest words I've ever come across in my career. Lift shares spike on improving cost outlook. The company provided generally upbeat financial update. They announced third quarter results. The company projected that fourth quarter revenue would be up 11 to 15 percent in the third quarter, and they've updated that. And it seems like costs are going down on them. And because of that zing, sweet, um, little cost savings with a little bit of reopening, with a little bit of propositions being put in place in California that keeps your cost structure visible of keeping people as contractors versus employees. It's, I'm not going to say it's a perfect storm of wonderful, but it's a, it's a nice storm. A lot of nice things, little nice things are happening, nothing big. The FHFA has extended foreclosure moratorium to January 31st, the Federal Housing Finance Agency. I'm so happy that's not me. In my 20s, that could have easily been me. When I come up with a lame brain, scam, scheme, thought, idea, I'm going to start a business. Um, I have many friends that started businesses just after college, and many of them flat out failed. Um, They say year one of businesses, you lose money. Year two, you kind of break even. Year three, you start making a little bit of money. I've never had to live with that fear of foreclosure. I've had to live with a little bit of fear of what's next year going to look like, but not too bad. So anyway, across America, the moratorium to evict people, to foreclose on people, to foreclose on loans and to evict people, we're trying to figure out what works and it's funny because in California, we look at people in North Carolina, and North Carolina looks at Florida, and Florida looks at Texas, and Texas looks at Minnesota, and we're all, always like, how dare you treat people like that? Whether it be you're giving landowner, uh, homeowners a break, whether it be renters a break, owners a break, landlords a break, we're always shocked, and yet we live in geographically very diverse and very far apart areas. So you can't get foreclosed on in theory. In reality, it doesn't really play like that. 
I've got a woman who sent me an email yesterday, and she she was a little concerned. She applied for a refinance mortgage, and she got turned down. And she's like, we've got great credit scores, but my husband's been laid off. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, say that last part again. We've got great credit scores, but my husband's been laid off. I'm like, okay, so you know that's a little bit of a problem when you're asking for money, right? What do you mean? It's a little bit of a problem. So she does all of her loans through Quicken Loans. Uh, Quicken holds their current mortgage. They've got credit scores of 800 plus. In the middle of the process, after sending us loan papers and payoff docs, they claim his disability payments from Cal EDD are not includable for income only the Social Security. So his, her husband's been laid off from work for surgery. And that's going back to January 1-4. January 4th, maybe? I guess. Um, can they send our bank balances? How Does this hurt my credit going forward? Well, what hurts your credit is when you ask for the refinance, but getting turned down for refinance does not do extra damage. But the asking for it is an inquiry. And basically, it's all the banks and all the lenders getting together and going, okay, Debbie wants to borrow money. Maybe she needs money. Whether it's for a house, a refi, a surgery, it could be for your kid's college. But they all share that information that you're looking for money. Just in case Debbie looks for money at another place, and another place, and another place, and another place, and can't pay any of them back. So it does hurt your credit a little bit. There's a good app called creditkarma.com. I highly recommend it. It's creditkarma.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. The Christmas tree. It's not what's under the Christmas tree that matters. It's who's around it. Chuck Smith. Chuck Brown. I blew my own joke, Charles Brown. Charles Bernard said the perfect Christmas tree. All Christmas trees are perfect. Best of all gifts around any Christmas tree, the presence of a happy family all wrapped up in each other. Would you buy a Christmas tree online? That's the big question. And the big answer is yes. More and more people are doing it this year versus last year. The big question will be when we're no longer worried about cold and flus and COVID, will we still do it? Americans are buying almost everything online. I've bought some of the most embarrassing things ever online. My very first order on Amazon, which I looked up a couple months ago, was something that I'm embarrassed by. It was not a book or a CD, is all I'll tell you. Americans are buying, well, it was a DVD. (laughs) Now I'm starting to get too close to it. But will you buy a Christmas tree online? It seems like the ideal e-commerce project for a high school or college class, right? They're big, they're bulky. Um, They're trees. They've got beautiful branches, which you're not supposed to, like, crimple in a box. 
they tend to catch fire <laughs> at times, which is not great for putting in a warehouse and shipping around the world. And Christmas trees are typically put together by a patchwork of small independent Christmas tree farmers across America. Choose and cut farms where customers get to drive on a one-horse winter day. You drive up to a farm, you chop down a tree. That's 32% of Christmas tree sales every year. I'm going to take the family wagon. I'm going to take the boys, honey. We're going to get hot chocolate and cut down a Christmas tree. Wait till the men, 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 get back with the Christmas tree. There's something about that, right? I've done it, and I've had it done to me. But Christmas tree delivery is a thing this year. There's a company called Waldi. Ticker symbol, not ticker symbol, but W-A-L-D-D-I-E. They're doing focus tree delivery. And so is Walmart. So is Home Depot. So is our Lowe's. Now, Walmart, Home Depot, and Lowe are pretty much more fulfillment kind of plays. So I don't want you thinking too much about that. Do you think Amazon's going to sit there and let Walmart, Home Depot, and Lowe's walk away with this? <laughs> oh, no. Digital Christmas tree sales are on the rise, but they're only about 6% of the Christmas trees purchased online. 2020 is going to be a banner year for online. Online stores have gone crazy from the direct-to-consumer angle of cutting out the middlemen, cutting out the malls, cutting out the stores. Online sales are up 300 to 400% for small online fulfillers, Christmas tree shop uh, businesses. But again, only 6% market penetration. When I saw this, I was like, I'll do a Christmas tree through a box delivery. I don't need to gather the troops and go out and hang out and go get dirty cash and tip the guy for putting it on my roof. And I don't need it. Bring it to me. If Mama Bird, go out and get worms. I'll be on the couch. Just chop them up and drop them in my mouth. You want to vomit them in my mouth? That's fine, Mama Bird. Baby Bird wants to sit right here on the couch. It's a big thing in America, in my opinion. How big e-commerce plays a role in Christmas tree sales remains a question post-COVID. I don't think it's ever going to be the big driver of the industry. But again, it's, an, it's part of the online commerce industry that we never really thought about, right? <clears throat> when we first got books from Amazon.com, we're like, well, that kind of makes sense. It's a book. All books are kind of the same. I can go to Borders or I can go to any bookstore across the country. And the book that I buy that's a Christmas book that I'm going to give to a friend, the Matthew McConaughey book, it's kind of the same book. So we kind of got delivery was kind of the, the, the service and not the commodity of the book. We never, ever, ever, I would never have thought 25 years ago that I'd be ordering a Christmas tree online. It's big and bulky. They have to wax line the inside of the box so that it stays moist. Okay. Yesterday was a happy hump day. Major markets were mellow, but internally, stocks shot around in every single direction. This is a directionless market at this point in time. I would almost say it's slightly sideways to maybe a little down. But today we're slightly up. Do we end up big for the day? I don't know. 
Stocks are expected to keep climbing as strategists look to a brighter 2021. The future's so bright, you're going to have to wear sunshades. It's going to be so bright that you're going to want to put one of those big, ugly things in your car to stop the, the leather from cracking. That's what everyone's saying right now. The COVID-19 vaccine is the Calvary, which somehow t- I think that American Indians are indigenous people of the United States. Somehow they probably don't look at the Calvary quite like everyone else looks like at the Calvary. The whole dun 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 or coming to save the day and we're gonna take a couple rifle shots and we're gonna knock off fifteen Indians with the bows and arrows. And somehow we like the Calvary as a thought on Wall Street. We need help. Come save us, whether it's government stimulus, whether it's earnings, whether it's stock buybacks, whether it's new product launches. So we feel like the Calvary's coming. The vaccine is the first part of the Calvary cracking out over the Eastern Hills. And the second part of the Calvary could be government stimulus coming through the West. Like, oh boy, we're going to make it after all. And the Calvary starts descending upon the valley and the canyon. And they start saving more and more people. And then I take the arrow to the heart and I die. But we kind of get the feeling that we're going to get out of this with a COVID vaccine. So analysts are saying 2021 is looking bright. You should have sunglasses. I don't know. I'm putting words in their mouth, but that's the right idea. There's not a lot of oomph in the market right now, but there's also not a lot of, uh, we're not getting a lot of booyah. We're not getting a lot of, uh, it's a little bit the Shaw of blah. The narrative right now on the market is all about feeling optimistic for 2021, and we're going to have to get there. We're going to have to see the vaccine. We're going to get a little bit tired here and there. Democrat leadership thinks the recent $908 billion bipartisan stimulus proposal is a good starting point. Mitch McConnell has said, no, you know, maybe I said $380 billion, maybe $500 billion. So essentially, it seems like we're going to be playing somewhere between $500 billion and $900 billion. I'd like to see that done by the end of the year. Snowflake, Zscaler, CrowdStrike, Splunk, Five Blow, and Dollar General all had earnings yesterday, and they were all very much mixed. Splunk down 22%, Five Blow up 2.5%, CrowdStrike up 12.5%. Not a lot of oomph, not a lot of ugh, a lot of individual stocks. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Strangers in this town, they raise you up just to cut you down. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. that happens the thought was online christmas tree sales versus the activity of taking the boys getting out in the wagon going to the farm cutting down our own unique ugly christmas tree getting home only to find that oh boy that was a california tree and it didn't rain last year it's dry and it's already dead after 48 hours the joy of that being replaced by getting one from the 
upper borders of Canada. They got plenty of moisture, plenty of water. Having it delivered, you don't have to scratch up the car. You don't have to go anywhere. Where does tradition supersede online delivery convenience? And will the children of today ever know the theory and the thought of going to a farm and cutting down your own tree? I don't know. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Tesla's big in the news right now. One analyst says $800 price target, recent price currently, right around 585 But it's moving fast. The price target for $800 is less than three months. The thesis is a lot of people are short the stock. And once it's added to the S&P 500, watch out. That's regular buyers every two weeks, and it's tougher to short. When a stock is little known, little followed, and is explosive, you can get big moves of future buyers and big moves of future sellers. When a company gets added to the S&P 500, typically in America, everyone hits their 401k every two weeks with their paycheck. And whether you're investing 1% or 15% of your paycheck, you're buying shares of Tesla. Tesla bulls are coming full speed on this. They're going to try to push the stock to $800. If you are negative on Tesla, it's getting tougher and tougher to be negative. They're delivering cars. They're profitable, although a scant profit compared to the valuation of the company. Now you're thinking is Elon Musk is a fraud like Bernie Sanders, or you're thinking the competition's coming like GM and Ford and uh, Toyota, and they're not going to you know go okay you get you get to sell all the cars in California in in 15 years you can have that go ahead Elon it's yours we're going to sell gas powered vehicles elsewhere. So another problem if you're short Tesla is there's people out there who are like holding shares of Tesla. And they're not letting go of it. I got an email yesterday from a guy who makes pottery for a living. He's been following me for years and years and years. Happens to be one of those super giant, um, super Oakland A fans. I was going to say super giant Oakland A fan, but that doesn't that'll confuse you with the San Francisco Giants right across the bay. And he was asking me, you know, along the lines of, "I've got two hundred thousand, two hundred forty thousand dollars of Apple. I bought it X amount of years ago for five thousand. He turned five thousand dollars to two hundred forty thousand. That's amazing. He has a huge capital gain in it, unless it's in a retirement account. He was asking me advice, and he says, I think it'll double in the next 10 years. I said, then I think you should sell some now. Because if you're thinking to double in 10 years, the stock market should more than double in the next 10 years. And you're saying you think Apple's going to underperform. He's got very limited funds when he's hitting retirement. $240,000 plus a little bit of Social Security. One of the things that he's got going for him, he lives in Oakland in a very, very hardcore rent-controlled area. So he's paying $1,000 a month rent. But he's also got arthritis, and as he's gotten older, he can't make pots and clay jugs like he used to. And let's face it, when you make pots and clay jugs, you tend to go to festivals to sell them to Grateful Dead fans. And the Grateful Dead fans are like a a legion of the walking dead, except for they're neither dead and they're more shuffling than walking. But they go from city to city. They shuffle from city to city, and they they um, they see the walking uh, the Grateful Dead, and they go, "Oh, let's go buy some pots. Let's go to a craft fair." Craft fairs follow the Grateful Dead around the country. I don't quite understand it, but it is. 
a basic truth. So at this point in time, you're trying to find holes in the wackadoodle strategy on Tesla. And one of them is that people aren't going to sell it. This one man who I was just talking about making pots for a living and having arthritis, not being able to do it in the future, staying in rent control because it's the cheapest option for him, saying he thinks Apple's going to double, is sometimes you need to diversify a little bit. You're a little bit too much in one holding. And I know that sucks, and I know that stinks, and I know that my largest holding is Apple. I'm not worried if it doubles in five years, 10 years, 15 years. I've got the kind of wealth that I can air on that one. He doesn't. So I just throw that out there. We're all very different donkeys. Hello, donkey. Yeah. But strategists are upping their expectations for a brighter 2021. Boeing is in the air today. American Airlines is asking their employees, hey, let's show a little bit of confidence in these Boeing planes and let's all get on flights. So you're seeing a little bit of that going on. American Airlines starts Boeing 737 MAX flights to boost confidence in the jet after fatal crashes. The first time unemployment claims that come out every single Thursday, and this Thursday is not unlike last Thursday, they're here. 712,000 people who filed initial benefits for the week ended November 28th. That's about a 75,000 person drop from the prior week. It's not a great number. But it's a number that, in the world of the pandemic, it was trending in the right direction until the last couple of weeks. The figure is far better than the high seen in March, but also not where we were this time last year. This year, we're at 712,000 people losing their jobs. You go collect unemployment benefits for the first time. Now we're at, last year at this time, we were at 206,000. Now we're at 712,000. That's 500,000 extra a week. Ooh. Ooh. That's a big number. And it shows you that there is a problem in our labor market as far as getting back to work. I'm not trying to be a troublemaker. I just want to rule the world. Snowflake is the news. They had a huge revenue growth. This is one of those IPOs that I just passed on. I looked at it. I thought about it. And I said, I'll come back to it maybe in six months after it grows up a little bit. Maybe after it's being considered for the S&P 500 or not. Revenue of $159 million in the quarter, up 119% year over year. I like that. They said, they talked a lot about retention. And they talked about how much revenue that they got versus how much it cost. They had an operating loss of about $48 million. Losing $48 million, let's just round it to $50 million, on revenue of $160 million. So you lose $50 million to make $160. That's not exactly the best thing in the world because I don't need to take that kind of risk. But it was a pretty good quarter. And yet today it's getting hit, and I think properly so, as people are starting to say, you're a new publicly traded company and I'm going to evaluate you now. Now, I'm sorry, stock's up big today, up 13%. In aftermarket yesterday, it pulled back. Interesting. Um, that's on-the-air correction, and that's why I say oftentimes on this show, consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. 
Um, let's see if I can't pull up a little bit more on Snowflake. They're a cloud-based data platform in the United States and internationally. They enable customers to consolidate data into a single source. Here's the problem right there that I'm starting to get with uh, Snowflake. Google's in this world. Amazon's in this world. Microsoft's in this world. In theory, Dropbox and Box are in this world. You need to be really, really cautious being a one-man show. But that's a pretty big good uh, set of revenue. San Mateo Company. Let's see if I know any of the uh, employees. I don't. I don't know any of the executives. But uh, they live in my county. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We have all four major markets higher in the morning. The S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30, the NASDAQ, the Russell, all higher. Out of them, the Russell is the biggest leader, up six-tenths of a percent. That's a small-cap play. That's probably more Americans are saying in their investment decisions today. Yeah, we're about reopening. And because we believe in reopening, we're going to go after the small boys, the companies that are domestic in the United States. Okay. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I get it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Fauci's taking a little shot at the UK saying they, they approve that whole Pfizer vaccine a little too soon. And I'm like, shh. Shh. So they're saying, he's saying a little superficial, a little too quick. But with that said, He, his thought is, I, I don't want people rushing into this, thinking like the UK was too quick with the review. Keep in mind, the United States is set to review Pfizer's proposal, Moderna's proposal next week. I'm just throwing that out there. But there is something to be said that how do people feel about uh, the vaccine and do they have confidence in it? I saw Bill Clinton say that he and Barack Obama would both go on national TV and get the vaccine to show you everyone should get the vaccine. But I get the feeling people have already got their minds made up. <laughs> I don't know if that's fair or not. Tesla's up 2.9% today. CrowdStrike up 15.8%. Zscaler up 23%. Splunk down 21%. Snowflake up 11.2%. It's kind of a market that haves and the have-nots. When you're up 20%, 15%, and you're a new publicly traded company... You can't really judge it versus how the rest of the market's doing. Splunk is getting kerplunk today. <laughs> I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Spotify came out with some interesting data yesterday. Spotify released some information on the trends in streaming. Bad Bunny claimed the number one spot with 8.3 billion streams this year from around the globe. Puerto Rican rapper Bad Bunny. Something tells me we might be seeing the Bad Bunny at the Super Bowl this year. 
Interesting. Can't tell you how to even pronounce his album that he released in late February, but it's something like Y-H-L-Q-M-D-L-G. And that might mean something, but I don't know what it means. Drake was the number two star, followed by a Latin star in McDonald's meal, endorser J Balvin. Number four in the world of streaming was Juice World, followed by The Weeknd. Number one female artist, Billie Eilish. Number two and three, Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande. Doesn't that seem like, yeah, there's nothing really surprising on this list. There's really nothing all that surprising on this list. They also came out with some podcasts, reviews, or numbers. Joe Rogan, number one. (laughs) Number two on the podcast, TED Talks, Daily and The Daily. Hmm. Somewhere in there, number four comes the Michelle Obama podcast. Number five, most popular podcast of 2020. Call Her Daddy. I hope that's not dirty. And it is. I'm sorry. But that's the number five podcast. Um, more playlists, they said. 1,400% rise in the work at home playlists. That's kind of funny, right? 64 million plus streams of Spotify's Black Lives Matter playlist. 18 to 24 year olds listen to a podcast for the first time this year. More 18 to 24 year olds listen to a podcast for the first time this year. So it is a trend that's continuing to build up. Will podcasts eventually be kind of the YouTube? That is the boogeyman to ABC, NBC, CBS, where I tell you my kids watch more YouTube than they watch network television. Will podcasts start taking down radio a little bit more? Sure. Will they take down a little bit of time with YouTube? A little bit will be stolen from YouTube. A little bit will be stolen from the networks. I'm going to be starting a new podcast in 2021 that will not be featured radio content. It could be called the Rob Black Super Secret Show. So I could tantalize you that you're getting super secret information that no one else is getting. It could be the Rob Black in Your Wealth show. I don't know. I don't know. Help me name it. I mean, you know, Rob at robblackshow.com. It's Rob at robblackshow.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. So I was just talking about the trends. And that's always an interesting one to me on what Wall Street is seeing as far as what's going to play out this year. Airline ticket sales are ailing, but Southwest stock should fly high next year, so says one analyst. One analyst is saying, don't worry about 2020, it's over. But we see significant upside to airlines, in particular Southwest. Thanksgiving air travel is strong with more than 4 million passengers taking flights around the holiday, but travel fell back to less than 1 million passengers a day this week. So one analyst is saying, hey, we're going to see a spike in COVID cases. We may even see the airlines shut down again on some levels. But we think this time next year, we think summertime next year, Southwest is be selling tickets at a more reasonable level than what they're selling them at today, even though there's 2,800 COVID-19 deaths reported yesterday. Buy when you can see the white of their eyes or the darkest before the dawn. Are you a little early today? Sure. Is that long-term problematic? Maybe not. 
maybe buy shares of something as a reopening trade or an index as a reopening trade on a cyclical index. And you just go make love to your spouse this weekend and you don't really stress about like, what am I going to buy? What am I? Gonna? You just get it over with. Or you scale in a little bit now, a little bit later. And then go enjoy life. That's what I'm pushing for. So into the year, we tend to get predictions. And that's one of the reasons I gave you the Spotify angles and the trends. Goldman Sachs' David Kostin said the SP500 could reach 4,600 by the end of 2022. That's a 25% gain from current levels, and I dig it. Okay, now, who's David Kostin? Have I ever had dinner with him? No. Has David Kostin ever looked at my portfolio? No. Does he understand my wealth uh, profile? No. He thinks there's four reasons to be bullish on the S&P 500. Number one, an improving economy. I agree with that. You don't care what I agree with, and I don't. I'm just telling you. Little devil's advocate here. Number two, rising earnings growth. Yes, 2021 earnings should be better than 2020s. Number three, historically low interest rates. And then he's got something called the TINA trade. TINA stands for there is no alternative. And that's where I get really fascinated with this conversation of what he's having to say. There is no alternative. It describes how investors will buy stocks because we don't really want to, we don't have enough money to buy a whole house. We don't really want to go out and buy gold unless we're going to actually have it in our home and play with it or it gets a job. We don't have the trust to go out and buy baseball trading cards. So TINA stands for there is no alternative. And I believe that there is something there. That that it's as sick as it sounds. I don't care if a company has a 15 PE or a 20 PE or 25 PE. If I want to own said company, I'm going to own said company. And I'll let the PE thing figure itself out with the low interest rates, with the low inflation, with improving earnings. Goldman expects the S&P 500 to reach 3,700 by the end of 2020 and 4,300 by the end of 2021. There's reasons to be optimistic. I just gave you four of them. But do you believe in the Tina? There is no alternative. I know you believe in the reopening. I know you believe in the earnings growth. I know you believe in the interest rates being low. Do you believe in there is no alternative? Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. <laughs> 